Hello and welcome to my podcast. Now today, I come with an issue that many people have... Very controversial about Mike Whitman, the Tiger Ace, the tank ace of uh, the Waffen SS during the Second World War. Some say hero. Some say uh, a very... Uh, how can you put, describe it? It is quite mad how people believe that like, oh, he was a hero of the war, where basically he was part of a regime that brought many crimes, even though he may not be involved, but was part of an organisation of the Waffen-SS. Now, some say, oh, he fought for his country. Some say he was brought in, he was forced to. Actually, read of his information, all the story here. He volunteered and joined the army and then wanted to join the SS and became a, a panzer commander through as the war went on and through his career now i've seen some of the information that's on the internet everyone has their own opinion i mean they're entitled to that also but for me personally it's trying to be impartial as possible and people do remember that he fought for in hitler's personal bodyguard the liebchen data waffen ss and like and also his success during Vili's uh, Bocage of the way he took out where this uh, a British column and also through the village. But met his end on the 8th of August up against uh, the, the Sherbrook Fusiliers and, North Ham- and the North Hampshire Regiment. Now everyone's, um, you know, there's a lot of interest of this particular individual and then we say Michael Whitman did this people do forget Mike Whitman's not an octopus he did have a crew that actually drove his his famous his tigers of his his tanks during the second war that drove it loaded the cannon radio operator and also took the shots as well where it mattered to, to survive on the battlefield now there is a really controversial how his, his, him and his crew came to his end. You know, that some say Joe Ekins of the, Sherb, of the Northampton Regiment took the shot and shot him and blew up his tank with his crew. Obviously, there was uh, an investigation documentary of Battlefield Detectives, very interesting, of the, of the account that actually it was the Sherbrooke Fusiliers who, who were close enough to take the shot. And there was some say it could have been a typhoon, other, you know, all these things. It's very hard to describe of, t- of this particular individual. And it's quite funny on this Wikipedia uh, section here. Uh, you know, so some of the authors of the 20th century of Villas Cars and Press are describing the attack the most amazing engagement in the history of armoured warfare. Would the, is that true? Could that be honest? You know, it's quite interesting, like, moving a Tiger tank on the move while firing the gun, which is a very high-velocity 88mm gun, really powerful gun of the war. And also, you know, it, it basically devastated the ambushes in British that was facing uh, the Germans during the Normandy offensive. So, it, 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 he is quite a controversial subject. Some people say 
you know, do you follow these people? You know, for some reason, in human civilization, we do follow villains, if, if villain is the right word to put it. There's always the bad guys, we always like, you know, like, you know, um, uh, you know, General Custard at, uh, doing that, his time in history, Genghis Khan, Julius Caesar, all these characters, we always seem to seem to the bad guys, the bad people who've made a marker on history. So I've, I've also recorded here, obviously, the, not recorded, basically, I've borrowed a YouTube clip of Villiers Bocage. The Allies are preparing so, to break out of the beachhead. It is an impressive, accurate British as it can be, towards the key of Villiers Bocage. Um, the town of battle which Whitman took on board June on June 13th, 1944. Sheltering from Allied bombers, with his famous Tiger Tank triple, tigers, triple Two, the cover of trees, and also that the Allies had air superiority, so they hiding in brushes and shrub rows. The column of British tanks is just 200 meters from Whitman's position. Like I said, they try and make it accurate as possible. Whether it was, I don't know. You know. Then the man came into the command post and said, Obersturmführer, tanks are driving past. I don't think they're German. I had no idea that the enemy might suddenly appear. You know, as it was like a column of, of British uh, armoured vehicles pass up on the base, and over the side of the fieldway was actually Whitman and his, his crew. I have to say his crew, because it's quite historical that the fact is that Michael Whitman was not an octopus. It was like four other people in his tank that did everything to keep the tank going. Facing 138 tanks and armored vehicles, while he has only six tanks. The decision to attack was a very difficult one, but I knew it absolutely had to be, and I decided to strike out at the enemy. Whitman's split second decision will become legendary. I had no time to assemble my company, I set off with one tank. I drove up to the column, surprised the English as much as they had surprised me. I first knocked out two tanks from the right of the column, then one from the left. With them being in such close proximity to each other, there was no room to maneuver. I then turned about to the left and attacked the armored troop carriers in the middle of the armored regiment. So would it... Looking on that YouTube clip from the battlefield, greatest tank battles uh, historical documentary about Michael Whitman, it does look uh, impressive. It does look like you know how well knit crew that he had during that time in Normandy. His quite is quite impressive. Some may doubt that it was. But how did you find that someone who who was on who was fighting? For the Nazi regime, how can you deem himself a hero? You know, could you call anybody a hero, even from, from an Allied perspective? You know, anyone could be called up and did what they had to do, but he was actually walked into, he volunteered and be part of the Waffen-SS and grew up 
and built on the, their beliefs, their political doctrine of, and you know, he, at the end of the day, he is it's a person in a black uniform in a country that shouldn't shouldn't be where he is. Um, now, you know, they they on the Allies' point of view, they didn't know who they were facing. They didn't know it was this person going to fight in Villers-Bocage or even down in that operation totalize at all until probably years later when the war has passed they realize oh it's it was a guy that he didn't know we much about now I remember on Facebook there's that you know I am a big fan of World War 2 I you know I play World of Tanks I love the historical find of especially the tanks that drive there the Tiger especially it is one of my favorites but I've got to know about Michael Whitman and he's not I wouldn't say Hero is, is a brand. Yes, yeah, some of the feats he's done on the Eastern Front and also on the West of what he did was impressive with his crew. But can you describe him as a hero even though he was wearing an SS armband? Now, <laughs> I had this quite funny. Well, this fellow on Facebook and I said, oh, he fought for his country, he was forced to fight and all this. What makes you think that he was forced to fight when he was actually selected to be part of the Waffen SS Liebstandarte, which was Hitler's personal armed guard. You know, it's it is a difficult subject to put. And yes, everybody is entitled to their opinion on, on these people. On doesn't matter who it is, whether it is Michael Whitman or Otto Carius, another tank commander, or Kurt Nisbel, you know. Some say that Kurt Nisbel should have had the recognition of his his successes but for some reason he was a they because he was a russian and jewish sympathizer he didn't get the plaudits that he deserved of the feats of that time and yes they were part of uh nazi germany some say oh we're not political this facebook page i had to laugh really or giggle to myself you know they say it's not a political view but people do need to understand would you would you call somebody in a Waffen SS uniform, a hero. He wasn't part of the, the crimes. He wasn't part of it. But he wore the black uniform in the wrong country, which he shouldn't have invaded in the first place, or his government or his dictator shouldn't have invaded in the first place. It is a, a, a difficult subject. You know, they look at Wikipedia saying that <laughs> it says here, cult status. Um, a compliment of a of a panzer race, you know, it was very and some say he was like um, people like I say he was a hero to the, actually the the Nazi fanboys as they call it. Now for me, I I studied Michael Whitman. I'm no big fan. It is impressive what he did with his crew in his Tiger of when he in the Eastern Front like eight, you know. The Battle of Curse at Citadel on the Western Front in Normandy. But to define himself as a hero is a really hard uh, title to put up on his, you could say, the Whitman legend as it is deemed to be called today. Obviously, armies today study his, his career, his time in, a uni- in the uniform. You know, at the end of the day, we need to be... Like I said, this is an impossible podcast. You know, it is in my opinion. And I respect the opinions of others who may who may think otherwise. Like, 
they do say the Tiger Tank wasn't destructive, but was mechanically over-engineered. Like, I got one of the Haynes Manual here from my time in the Tank Museum. You know, and the amount of maintenance to keep it running, it is unbelievable. Like, like I'm, I'm going through here now. If I, Bear with me a minute. I've got one hand <laughs> trying to get to the situation, to the part where, you know, in terms of maintenance and understanding on how to keep this running. It, you know, it's, it's quite incredible. You know, the restoration, how they got it going is quite mad. You know, it's, you know, it's, I remember going down there back in last uh, September. You know, to restore the running order of the Tiger, you know, there's there's obviously two ways to get it started. There's either the crank engine at the back, or the the normal way, which is press, you know, the starter key in the driver's seat. Like, so, uh, so if we look here, look uh, on page, you know, to running it. You know, like, there's engine startup procedures, and obviously there's, there's one, you know, see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You know, there's the drive it. It's endless maintenance from engine, you know, oil leaks to water gauge to making sure it's the right temperature, uh, the RPM revs. It's such over-engineering power. And yes, there is a mystique. There is... <laughs> As Al Murray said on his podcast, there's so much tiger porn in, in on Facebook, YouTube, or whatever social media, you know, from books. It is it is quite bizarre that we are big fans of this vehicle. Now people do, I think we do like like Joe Wiley in uh, in a podcast the other day. He said, "Oh, was the Tiger Tank very good?" You know, we could say, oh, it wasn't that good. It wasn't many of them. But then we could go the other way and say, oh, yeah, it was good on the battlefield. Had a reputation. He had a good gun. Obviously, with the right crew to move it, to get it into the, probably the best fighting it can be. Like Michael Whitman and his crew that able to, to use to work strength. Because they had the training. They had the time to get used to it. What was the strength? What was the weaknesses? But it was to keep it maintained on the battlefield. Unless, obviously, uh, your oddball from Kelly's Heroes, which, oh, you know, I don't know how he would fare in it, but... <laughs> but, yeah, going back to Michael Whitman, it is a, you know, would you call him hero? That's, that's something to describe that you should judge on. But for me, I want to be impartial as possible to say, yes, this guy... Was into the Waffen SS. He became a Panzer Regiment, or probably one of the famous tanks of the war. And describing his hero is very difficult for me to put on his uh, uh, as on his memory, on his his reputation, his mystique, or his 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 legend that's that's kept in the page of history today. You may find that, you know, I could be very, it could be very controversial of what I might say, 
you know, it is very difficult. The fact is that he who he fought for, uh, a, a person who wanted to rage war and basically wants to take over the world or the half of Europe, whatever the, the outcome would have been, which I'm glad. And also... So this is me, Kieran Diamond, signing off. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. This is my very first podcast, so I'm learning as I go along. Any uh, feedback would be great. Obviously, I've got as much information I have as possible. So thanks for listening.